Welcome to Keeping Track, a Trackmania community podcast where I interview your favourite community members and ask them the same set of five questions. The guest this episode is Hot Swap, the 2010 ESL Pro Series UK Season 3 champion, joins us uh, to discuss his esports career, his fondness for the TM 2020 community, and the similarities between the two. So, question one, uh, when did you get into Trackmania and what was it about the game that got you hooked? Well, uh, it was 2007 or 2008. I'm not totally sure, but basically it was free. That was the main reason. Um, It was Trackmania Nations ESWC, which was a Trackmania game that was expressly, I believe, expressly made for a esports tournament. And I think it was also the first uh, Trackmania game that had the stadium environment, which is kind of like, I guess the de facto environment these days, um, like it's the one that they're using for a stadium or for Trackmania 2020. So um, yeah, I got I got into it because of that, um, and ex- like specifically, it was a CD that my friend gave me from a a magazine, a PC gamer magazine, um, and it had like 20 best free games on it. And Trackmania was one of them. So here I am. <laughs> if I can, uh, how, how long later? Like 15 years, 16 years? Kind of crazy. Going. Yeah. Still going. And, uh, you know, a Trackmania game built around esports, uh, which is kind of ahead of its time almost. You know, you think about where, where the, where, well, any uh, video games were at that time. I think it's very interesting that they released one just for, uh, just focus on esports. I've, I also find it quite fascinating. Um, slash interesting that we no longer have those moments of getting those cds with all the games on i remember mm-hmm. getting those for like playstation one and playstation two and just playing like every single minute of a demo that i possibly could yeah uh whereas now i feel like that's something that you sort of miss in in, in modern gaming yeah i mean absolutely well also just the whole you know physical game experience of like i remember getting games and just uh reading the manual all the way home and like I remember Guild Wars specifically. I don't know if you know that game, like an MMO. And mm-hmm. it had like an art book that came in the anniversary edition. And I just fell in love. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, possibly one of the reasons I'm in game art now. But um, yeah, no, we don't really have that anymore. Um, it's just download. I, uh, I bought the new Spider-Man game, plugged it into my PlayStation, and it was like an 80 gig download straight away or something outrageous. And I was like, why did I even buy the disc? What was the point in this? This was outrageous. This is completely pointless. Now. Yeah, they're um, symbolic now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wh- what was it then about that original Trackmania uh, experience that, that got you hooked and uh, made you want to keep playing? Mm, uh, it's a bit of a weird one, but the graphics. <laughs> I really like the graphics. Um, I, my, I had a pretty bad computer at the time and I was playing it like uh, for, I don't know, maybe the first year or two of playing Trackmania, I was playing at 15 FPS, um, which is pretty woeful. Like I, I, I'm, I cry when I go below like, you know, 160 these days, but um, no, I was just like suffering through, but I thought it looked gorgeous. Like I was like, this is just amazing compared to other games that I've played, let alone other free games that I've played. Yeah. And then um, what really stuck me in was I found my way online. And I think it was potentially like my second or third online game that I ever played. And I found myself playing in a, in a little server called uh, Mad Laps. And I just found myself in this community. Like I came on every day and, and would see familiar faces and just, uh, you know, just chat basically. 
Um, and that's something I'd never really had in another game before. And they were so friendly and so nice and encouraging that I was like, well, you know, this is, this is great. Like, I just want to keep playing this. That's it's interesting you bring up the whole friendly and, and you know, just kind uh, in regards to Trapmania community. Because I feel like that's something that still kind of has stuck with it. As, particularly for a competitive game, most competitive games have quite a toxic community. Whereas I feel like, like my experience playing in servers and stuff is is similar with the new game, where it's like, you know, people will, will chat. There's less now in-game as such. But um, yeah, that community that sort of builds each other up and is quite kind to each other as opposed to fiercely competing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I, everyone talks about it, but um, it's probably just a symptom of you can't really blame other people if you fail. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of on you. Um, but also, I don't know, like, you, you're kind of just sitting grinding uh a track over and over uh with no other interaction if, if you're not talking with other people so i think the 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 main thing you can talk about other than like literally anything else is oh you know here's how you improve the track uh, here's how you improve your time um you know this is the line you could take and you know good job you can you can do it and you can do better yeah so uh looking at your liquipedia uh there is a distinct gap a familiar gap, actually, because uh, Zephyr Chris had a, a similar one uh, between sort of 2010 and 2021. So what was it that sort of, why did you stop playing and what was it that brought you back into the game? Oof. Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. Well, I think it was, a, it was numerous factors. Um, I think it's kind of remarkable that it was uh, a gap for me starting from then and also seemingly a lot of other people. Um, I think for me, it was a combination of mostly three things. So one thing was I was kind of finishing up school. So I needed to do these big exams and then it's like, okay, I'm going into college and maybe I should start focusing on the rest of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And that that was one thing. Um, another thing was, I think uh, a large reason I really gravitated towards esports was just I was not very um, you know social and not super good at like just making friends and and like hanging out with people. And I think I just got a lot better at that in my years <laughs> in Trackmania and. And I started making friends and I started like hanging out with people and, and, you know, there was uh girls existed <laughs> and, you know, then, then that was like, okay, you know, there's, there's other things that could be done. And <laughs> then, uh, the third thing is, uh, Trackmania stadium two or Trackmania two stadium. I don't know, but either way that came out and that was kind of like, okay, now you have to learn a new game. And I know it's not, a massive difference but immediately i was like oh the car feels heavier like this is what is this um i was used to my ramstein bugs (laughs) i was used to um you know everything just being in a very specific way and just kind of the combination of all three of those things was like ah that's you know do i really want to do this and actually maybe there's a secret fourth thing in there which is uh maybe quite a relevant topic right now, which is that 
I didn't really trust in Nadio. Like, I, I just, I was kind of like, I, I need to, I put so much time into this game. And um, it's kind of my only bet. It's not like I, it's not like I can switch to another esports, you know? Um, I have yeah. so many hours in this game. Do I really trust the people who are running this thing? Like, do I really think that they are going to do right by us, the players? And at that point in time, I, I didn't because I, I was just in and around the likes of uh, Frost Buell, for example. And he's, he's a pro player who um, quite famously didn't get paid uh, one of his ESWC winnings. And um, I think he might have eventually got it, but he was just in constant kind of arguments with with Hylas uh, over like certain formats and things. And um, a lot of other people felt the same way. Like uh, uh, since coming back, you know, I get kind of the same sort of uh, feedback from that time that, you know, people didn't really believe in it. But anyway, yeah, big answer to that question. <laughs> but uh, I hope it illuminates a bit. <laughs> So what brought you back then? Well, particularly you mentioned the heavy car in TM2. If you think the TM2 car was heavy, I can only imagine you think the uh, the current car that we have to drive is is practically a boat. Uh, <laughs> so, so what brought you back? Oh well, I, I I couldn't tell because it's been so long. My my senses are really detuned to the yeah, main yeah. uh, <laughs> you know weight, car weight. But yeah, I I think um, what brought me back was. Uh, corona, I guess, <laughs> like the pandemic um, was partially it. And also uh, the group of guys that started the BITM server, like it was actually the, you know, the BITM server for people who didn't know, uh, it started off as just kind of a gathering of, of old boomer Trackmania players from the, <laughs> from the 2009-2010 era. So uh, one of them reached out to me and was like, hey, do you want to want to join in and maybe we can try out the new game and i was like uh sure <laughs> give it a shot and uh i think it was quite a tentative start for me but um i think i think it was just when the lockdown happened i was like i'm gonna, I'm gonna try this again and <laughs> that was it i was hooked again the uh, the perfect game to d dig many many hours in because you've got quite literally uh, nothing else to do. Uh, so uh, question two, uh, and again similar to uh, when we had Chris on, uh, this might be a two parter. Uh, but what input device do you use and why? Mm, I use a Xbox controller, like specifically a Xbox Elite V2, and uh, the reason for it is so I actually. Uh, back in in the olden days, I played keyboard and um, I played with arrow keys only. And <laughs> that might sound kind of weird and logistically impossible. Um, <laughs> and it was. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, I, I used three fingers. So I don't know if you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I used, my middle finger was forward and back. So when I drifted, I would roll back. Um, now, I guess sixteen-year-old me could do this, but twenty-eight-year-old um, me was like, "That's that's hurting my hand." <laughs> I was like, "This is not sustainable." So um, mm. I switched over to controller. Now I've got a question. So I've never really played keyboard unless my controller disconnects and I desperately need to finish the round. Is that not how every keyboard player plays, or am I missing something? 
Do they normally have accelerate and brake somewhere else? Um, yeah, they usually have brake on like um, just rebound somewhere else. That's my understanding anyway. Um, that makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah, but some of them are weird. Like some, I've I've heard of the weirdest uh, bindings of things. Uh, none come to mind right now, but I'm sure many people have used uh, WASD, for example. There's some uh, incredible horror stories from CS:GO pros and their key bindings of like one of them has I think walk forward as left click on their mouse. Okay. Uh, wow. and, and and all sorts of stuff uh, where you know it's that growing up playing on a laptop in a cramped room and then all of a sudden you're playing esports event and you've got these old key bindings that don't make any sense <laughs> uh for the context that you're in but it's yeah. still uh, are still good fun yeah but i mean the forward back left right doesn't make any sense uh when you know how trackmania is actually played where you yeah. you know so often need to press three buttons at once and it's like how are you going to do that but i can say that uh there's one french player yo-yo and he used his thumb for the back uh, the like the reverse, which is just oh, it's like control or whatever. So it goes f- like middle finger for forward. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's it was really weird to watch. <laughs> Feels like almost like a MOBA layout there with the uh, will be at the wrong side of the keyboard. Um, if you so if you had to swap back, would you swap to a keyboard or would you look to swap to uh, another device? If I took away your controller and I was like, you have to use a different input. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it, what's the choices? <laughs> uh, I, it, it's either keyboard or, I don't know, joystick. Um, I guess mm, if you took away my controller and I couldn't just get another one, I would probably just try the keyboard and see how it goes. And I probably would do just fine, to be honest. But um, I've grown accustomed to the, the controller now. I like the controller. It, it, feels, it feels right. Feels feels nice in the hand. I've I've become really accustomed to playing Trackmania on my TV via my PlayStation with the PlayStation controller, just oh, no. leaning back. And I'm like, this is the least esports mode, <laughs> but I absolutely love it. Like it's so casual, and I'm 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 all over it. I'm absolutely <laughs> loving that. Uh, so question three: uh, What is your favorite Trackmania map in history? Um, it's really hard to you know, pick a favorite of anything, I think. Like picking <laughs> yeah. a song, it depends on the mood. Like, but um I really just have to pick ESL Quite Move. And that is a it's a competition map from Trackmania Nations Forever. And it is it's on the same map pack. It's like a competition, like tech kind of map, right? But it's in the same map pack as the legendary Hockalicious. Oh yeah. Um, so it's that kind of era of um, of like track, and and it's basically it's not just those two. Like the, that map pack was absolutely legendary. Like I think there's Espirito Santo is in there as well, and also Dominhead. These are like legendary tracks but for some reason quiet move was the one that i was like oh this is really nice like this is super nice and uh esl pro series uk they also had that map um in the map pack so the first uh pro series that i was playing with and i was just like okay i I really want to be like really good at this game so i'm gonna go hard on this map (laughs) <laughs> and i don't know how many hours i sunk into that map it must be like it must be like 25 30 hours like just on the one map and i was just 
I just learned how to um, get into the the focus zone and just you know try repeat try repeat try and just you know almost be trance like about it mm. and um, it might not be the most amazing map but it's a special one to me for that reason and I, I definitely owe it a lot for I guess my relative level of success in TMNF. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, looking at, um, you mentioned ESL Pro Series. You competed, I believe, in the two in two of those seasons, uh, mm. came third in one and first in the other. Was it the the one that, the first one you entered, the one you came third in that this map was part of? Yes, it was. Wasn't happy with that performance whatsoever. But uh, <laughs> that was my that was my first LAN. Um, I was a little old uh, 16-year-old me. Um, Showing up in London, took the flight over. My dad was there with me. I was staying with my uncle, and I got no sleep that night. I got no sleep. I was. It was so warm. It was like a in the middle of summer, and I was so nervous. And I was like, I can't get no sleep on the day of like this huge fucking tournament. There's no way. <laughs> but that's what happened. And uh, I considered myself kind of a favorite because. Foe, who was the clear favorite, he didn't show up. And um, it was between me, uh, John O, and Stevie M. And I knew that usually, you know, I would have the edge over Stevie M. And it was generally pretty close with me and John O, but usually I have a bit of speed over him. So I was like, okay, I fancy my chances here. But it just fell apart. It was just a different scenario entirely. So were the the qualifiers for that were online then was it a LAN for the finals? Yeah, it wasn't so much a qualifier. It was more of like a league style sort of thing. Right. And we all like kind of played against each other. But yeah, I mean, it, we, we all qualified for the, to be the top four and then uh, played in, in the final four at a LAN. Um, but it, that's where, you know, I played against uh, Chris, like Zephyr and yep, uh, yeah. nemesis uh who's also there as well and you know lots of all lots of other um really good players from that era who i think some of them still play as well um yeah yeah there's a couple of uh of, of blue links on Wikipedia. Uh, a lot of red links though so a lot of people who obviously uh, mm -hmm. haven't stuck around but um yeah no it's fun to see because I'm, I'm looking at the group results and seeing you you there and and, and chris also there uh, imagining that little uh, that little crossover way back. Um, question four: uh, If you were to take part in a Trackmania Pro Am event, which celebrity would you want on your team? Okay. <laughs> uh, huh. I mean, you could take that from many different angles. Um, We've had two approaches. There's people picking Formula One drivers because they want to win the event. Mm -hmm. And then there's people just picking people they want to meet. I'm going to pick people I want to meet. And then I'm going to immediately freeze because I don't know exactly who that's going to be. <laughs> uh, through the magic of editing. <laughs> through the magic. Two hours later. <laughs> um, I'm, I have no idea. Can they, can they be dead? <laughs> they, yeah, we can resurrect them. We, we, we can rebuild them. We have the technology. Wow, now that's fucking crazy, man. Okay. It's a very advanced land. 
it's this, a very advanced tournament this is yeah, a crazy yeah. podcast um wow i mean i kind of want to say something like jesus or something like i'm not religious but like i think i could even be at war bounces no <laughs> god, no god no but i mean it would answer a lot of questions if you showed up and played with me wouldn't it and I, that would i would have a, a lot of opportunity to just have a back and forth you know cheap bar tab at that rate i might as well say god right <laughs> then i yeah. would win and i would also have an interesting conversation or two or two Probably. yeah hopefully <laughs> do you want to go with god as your final answer definitely i think that's okay. the objective best answer i am now concerned that any graphics i put together for this fictional pro-am event will be in some way <laughs> sacrilegious but uh, yeah. there we have it uh, trying to go for the uh whatever it is in civ where you win the religious win absolutely uh, going for that one i'm, I'm not religious by the way uh, but you know i think you have to i think you are now i think that's how that works i think <laughs> i think uh you, you've gained that i'll tell you what i would be that. if you showed up and won the event i think 100 yeah, yeah yeah probably great at trap mania yeah i'd say so You'd hope so. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, question number five. Uh, what is your Trackmania hot take? And for context for listeners, we are recording this on the 20th of November. Recently, Nadio have announced they're not doing Trackmania World Tour production next year. Right. Well, hot take by hot swat. Okay. Um, hmm. Wow. I think it's kind of hard to have a take that is hot these days because i think so, so many takes are flying around and they're generally pretty you know they're in the warm area mm -hmm. um <sighs> i think hot take maybe this could be a really good thing for trackmania esports uh potentially um i think oh, hottest of hot takes i think anything that gets far away from Nadio is probably a good thing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so, you know, yeah, the hot take is, I think maybe one of these upstart uh, tournaments is just going to just really put TMWT in, in, in perspective as, you know, yeah, it's, it's a new one is going to come along and just really just do super well. Yeah, so to break the fourth wall a little bit, obviously we're both uh, involved in in some regard in 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 the production of Beacon. Um, do you think it will be okay? Do you think it's best for Trackmania if there is a tournament that fills the shoes of the Nadio produced tournaments, or if it's sort of more of a um, Super Smash Bros. CS:GO style, you know, multi-tournament, different organizers, different events through the years that coordinate to make sure there's no overlap? Either of those. I think is the real answer. Um, to be honest, either of those could be successful. Like there's so many variables at play. And I think what we really need is something that is, you know, it would be really nice to have something that's really um, good to the players and, and, and takes their, their craft, I guess, seriously. Like, mm -hmm. you know, these guys train and for so long and they're so good at what they do, they need to be taken seriously, but also, you got to make some money from this. Like mm -hmm. it has to be um, profitable and for it to be profitable, there has to be some niche found where people are like, Hey, this is interesting. And they don't even play the game. 
right? Like that's mm. that's that's the holy grail, and um, I think for that to happen, maybe there needs to be diversity for a while. Maybe we need to split out. Maybe it's um, just a process of kind of prototyping things and seeing what sticks. Seeing what sort of pushes through the the ceiling of the track media scene and 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 grows out. So I feel like we've had, you know, if you look even since COVID, a few instances of becoming the thing on Twitch or at least part of the thing on Twitch. Mm, mm-hmm. But that hasn't seemed to have stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, Deep Dip is a really good example. I'm, yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever finished an RPG, RPG trap track. Yeah. I don't think I've ever finished the RPG track in Trackmania. And yes, it is somehow the most watched thing on Twitch the Trackmania has ever had. Like I, I would say that's probably true, right? Mm. Um I mean, yeah, maybe maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need to just go all in on RPG tournaments and, and just uh <laughs> that that will get us the big books. Um, I cannot wait for a message from Zetari in support of this. Uh he always messages me after the podcast episodes go live, but uh, mini opportunity of the week ultimate in May next year. Uh, no, yeah, I think it's it's either that or it's you know something that looks more like traditional motorsports. I think Trackmania is in a bit of an interesting spot where it is it's a motorsport esport, but it's so far mm. removed from all the others. Yeah, I'm and I think true. things like Deep Dip, um, Pathfinding in general, like those those events, even stuff like Khaki, right, like draws so many eyes. Yet the competitive scene can never really seem to draw that equivalent. So um, yeah, yeah it'd be interesting uh, interesting to see. If that would work yeah it would totally be and you know that's that's why i say diversification is probably a great thing for us to kind of preserve just like diversification of events and making sure that there's still space for an rpg tournament a full speed tournament tech tournament mixed tournament whatever you know there's there's a lot of spaces mm-hmm. for that um but um oh, damn i had a really good point that i just it just flew away Oh yeah, you can catch it. Yeah, well, you can, you can edit this shit out. <laughs> um, I was gonna talk a little bit about about Beacon. I mean, as you mentioned, it's breaking the fourth wall. We we both have been, um, you know, at certain points uh, involved with Beacon. But I I think I really like the approach that Beacon has had. This like I think as long as we can continue to have approaches that are really collaborative respecting of like many people's talents and making sure that we can come together and create something uh even though we're not being paid <laughs> and, yeah. and we have to make you know space in our busy schedules to come together and make something and also not be political about that like that's really hard to do and I, mm. i'm really proud that i can confidently say that beacon is not that to me you know, it's it's not political. It's it's very much altruistic. We just want to make a super nice event, and I think more of those, please. Yeah, and I think with what has happened, regard, you know, we don't actually know what what twenty twenty four looks like. Um, you know, the the I think it's a real disservice to the community that that Nadio's statement regarding all this was particularly vague in what it means and left so much room for interpretation. Um, but yeah, that sort of putting grudges is probably putting it a bit too harsh, but putting differences aside and, and working together for 
great events and making sure those events don't overlap and making sure those events are good for the players. Like, I know Beacons had to move schedules so that it worked better for the players. And I think that's been really well received. Uh, I think uh, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll only aid to good things in the future. And hopefully we uh, were able to find our footing a bit there. Um, yeah. Our final question. So our hidden question, unique to each one. Um, I did a bit of research, did a bit of digging. And I decided that I would let Babs take the wheel on this one. So Babs would like to know, uh, you have to keep one or kill one. Uh, and the options are the Irish Trackmania community or your Trackmania esports career. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. I was honestly like, there's no way he's going to come up with like a really good one for this. But holy shit, Babs kudos that's a banger yeah, yeah, yeah he's taking he's taking my shine a little bit there kudos um uh, honestly i'm and i'm really surprised by this i think it's a really um interesting thing but uh, i would 100 percent uh kill the career in a heartbeat i think um the trek mania community that we have in bitm as a whole but also like for me especially the irish community is just like it's just super cool like we're we're meeting up um, in about what twenty days from now, uh, maybe breaking the fourth wall. We know we now have revealed when we're recording this, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're meeting up in, in uh, next month, and um, it's just like a, such a nice group of people. And um, I think anyone that just comes in is immediately kind of stuck <laughs> because um, it's just a great place to hang out. Um, yeah, kind of surprised at my answer, but I just it, it was obvious to me straight away. Do you think if you were to go back to like you mentioned, you know, 16, 17-year-old esports you and said like as much fun as you're having here in 10 years, you're going to you know, disregard this in favor of just friends that you make in the game? Um, I think I'd be like am, am I seriously going to be playing this game in 10 years? <laughs> that that would be my answer yeah. and then um i'd probably think well that's kind of lame um let's imagine you're like wow the esports seat must really have grown in those 10 years and you're like ah, well um maybe <laughs> yeah i mean i would probably assume that i'm still like playing at a high level and are super good and are not quite so hot hot washed as boss would say <laughs> So this is this is a this is a question then which uh, you know format of the show immediately out the window but a, a hidden hidden question do you think now if you had the uh, if you had the enthusiasm and the time and let's say not the professional obligations do you think you could re you know reignite that passion for esports and and start competing on the uh, on the global scene uh, well first off there's a lot of ifs there and I think I also find it quite easy to fall into the trap of being like, oh, if I had this much time, I'd be like this good or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's very easy to say and very hard to follow up with. Um, I'm going to completely dodge your question and say, uh, I think at the time that I did play pro, I did think that there was not really a ceiling. Like I, I, I was really on the up, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I would consistently improve on a general level. 
And I was also like playing with the best in the world and being like, okay, I can kind of keep up with these guys. Now I'm so far away from that. Like, it's just, it feels like um, way less achievable. And if I had all of the time in the world, I don't, I don't really think I could make it to that level. Do you think the level's moved or your sort of ability in, in that regard is perhaps not as, as high as it used to be? Um, I think a bit of both, probably. I think definitely the the level the level has moved somewhat, I think because there's such a great volume of people at like a high level. Mm-hmm. Um I still think every so often Karyen comes in and just, you know, just destroys everyone. And, you know, uh, he was doing that back in 2009, right? Um, it's it's always impossible to say. And I think if you really make a definitive call either way, you're kind of doing a disservice to a lot of people. Um, so I think, I don't think it's a particularly fair question in a way. <laughs> That is uh, that is fair and reasonable. Uh, there's a bit of a bit of a gotcha there, trying to see what. Uh, <laughs> right, it's it's a it's a good question to ask, and I think, <laughs> but, you know, realistically, so many people talk about that. Like, you know, a lot of people bring that up about any game. It's like, oh, well, you know, the the bar is moved now. It's like, ha ha ha. But um, you know, you don't know, and I think age does a lot to people. Like, irrespective of like, you know, I don't know, physical and mental changes and being generally slower, maybe. Uh, you also just don't generally have as much time like i had mm. so much time when i was uh playing pro I, I was putting like tens of hours into each track coming up to a tournament you know um and i just i i haven't i literally haven't done that uh in in this game so it's not apples to apples really that's fair and uh yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, it's been really good to chat with you. Uh, we've mentioned Beacon a couple of times, but have you got anything else coming up that you want people to know about? Uh, no, no, I mean, I've got a game I'm working on. <laughs> um, Love a plug? Yeah, but uh, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll be getting in touch with people in the community and getting them to try and play it at some point, but uh, it's not quite there yet. But other than that, if you're not in the BITM server, uh come and join us and if you're interested in coming to the irish meetup then uh you know hit me up maybe we can uh get you a bed (laughs) thank you (laughs) we'll see i would i'd advise if you are able to make the irish meetup and i I guess you're irish or at least irish adjacent that you go because the uh the stories i hear back from those uh, always sound quite fun so uh, yeah thanks a lot for coming on cheers thanks for listening to keeping track to listen to other episodes of the show, you can visit our Substack at www.nodal.media, or you can search the show on your preferred podcast apps. You can follow the show on Twitter at Nodal Media, and even follow me at a Thomas Davis. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.